0: Welcome to the Heat Check Podcast, Miami Heat Podcast. I'm David Wilson. I'm joined, as always, on the other line by Anthony Chang, our Heat beat writer here at the Herald. Anthony, what's going on? Just
1: media day, started training camp. It's begun, David. I can't believe it, but it has begun. Um, It's kind of crazy that I realized on Monday, the day of media day, that it was exactly a year from the day the Heat, beat the Celtics to clinch the Eastern Conference title.
0: Yeah, so what, the day that most people listen to this, this goes up, I guess, on Thursday, will that be the exactly a year since the finals began?
1: Uh, I think so. I think it's did start on Thursday, right? I mean, that sounds about right. It's either Thursday or one of, you know, about yeah. a year for we'll sure. we so. a
0: year, which is crazy.
1: Yeah, it's just crazy. It feels like three, four years ago at this point. Um, but, I mean, and we've talked about this, like, before, like with Bam's block when that day came up. Like on Twitter and everyone was talking right. about it it's been a year since Bam's locked into Celtics. Like it's just just crazy that Media Day two seasons later is a year from like the playoffs two years ago. It's just yeah, it's just a lot has happened in the past year.
0: Yeah. Um roster obviously looks totally different as uh was kind of like you know, that that was the takeaway from from Media Day, right? It was I guess the first chance to talk to Kyle Lowry. Um or the the, you know, Team Victor Oladipo there, that was a, a pretty much a shock for me. Um yeah. I, I think that was um, obviously a good sign. Um, but, yeah, like, we're going to talk about it later, just the way that the, the Heat have kind of gone and feels like they're like a like a tertiary story in the NBA right now. Um, and, again, this is a team that was in the finals a year ago. Not a season ago, a year ago. And, and they've, like, fallen – yeah, they were the story of the, the the bubble, really, right? Um, the story of that postseason, obviously, until the finals when LeBron got his ring. Um, but they were the story of the NBA playoffs a year ago, and, and now it feels like they're uh, they're kind of an afterthought to a lot of people, I think.
1: Yeah, it's kind of crazy just because they and they've had added Kyle Lowry, who was an All Star just two seasons ago, like in 2020, an All
0: Star a year ago. <laughs> yeah,
1: like in 2020, the Heat would have had three All Stars on the roster, like Bam, Jimmy, and Kyle. Um, so this is a good team, obviously, like you said, we'll talk about this later, but there's just so much other stuff going on in the NBA that just feels like the Heat are really flying under the radar right now, um, and it's probably how they like it, honestly. Yeah, how they like it. Uh, but, but the more important things, David, you were in, I think you were in Vegas this past yeah, week. Yeah, I or was or in or
0: Vegas the I did not get to play, uh, Blackjack with Desmond Bain this time, huh. uh, like I did when I was there for Summer League, um, but I did, uh, so I was playing after the game on Sunday, um, you know, West Coast, so the game is, you know, I left the the stadium around 7 p.m. West Coast time, something like that. Um
1: That's the time when people wake up in Vegas, so yeah, you're good. Yeah,
0: exactly. Went to, went to play some blackjack, uh, sat down, saw so the was wearing a Brian Dawkins jersey, who's probably my favorite NFL player of all time, so I went to that table, um... The dealer was, and then when I sit down. I realized it was the uh the three o five table number three o five, and I took that as a good omen. And it it was it was a productive night.
1: Okay, I like that. Yeah, I woke up to a text from you.
0: <laughs>
1: yeah, uh, I guess, yeah, you're on I the knew west you coast a little literally- yeah, I woke up to a text, like, I'm on, I'm on table 305, and I'm like, oh, I hope you won some money at least. I hope that was good. So that, that's good that it was good luck for you.
0: Yeah, it was a positive night. Um, But Vegas, you know, really the only time I'd really been to Vegas was for Summer League uh, earlier this summer. I'd been once before, but it was, like, really, for a really quick trip. Um, And it's a, it's a different town in NFL season than it is in NBA se- – in uh, Summer League season. Summer League season – you know, everywhere you turn, it feels like you're looking at a 6'8 guy, either a, a player or a coach or, a, you know, maybe a, a, a college teammate of someone who made the trip out to to hang out with them. And then, uh, you know, football season, it's kind of a, a madhouse there. Not just, you know, a lot of Dolphins fans obviously made the trip, and I think that's going to be pretty standard for, for the Vegas Raiders that there's going to be a lot of visiting fans in town. But it just feels like everywhere you turn, uh, people are wearing an NFL jersey. You know, make, taking a weekend trip to to bet on games and stuff like that.
1: Yeah, it seems like a pretty good atmosphere too. Like that stadium looks really cool, and it's not yeah, far the from the strip, Jordan. right?
0: Uh, it's like kind of behind the strip. Um, you could you could theoretically walk there from the strip, um, but yeah, it's it's um it's a cool atmosphere. Um, they've got like a like live band that plays like during commercial breaks. Like it's kind wow. of crazy. Wow. Like you know how like most stadiums just, like, have a DJ or whatever now. They have, like, a band that's, like, on this platform in one end zone that, like, sometimes they'll just, like, play during, like, TV timeouts, basically, they just, like, play a song.
1: Yeah, that's that's pretty, yeah. The, the scene there in Vegas, is it's pretty cool to see kind of leagues putting teams in that city just because, like, when I was there for Summer League um, last month, um, I think the hockey play NHL stuff is still going on or – yeah, believe well. No, it was. It was actually a trip, a personal trip. I was in Vegas actually earlier this summer. It seems everything brought together, and you see like hockey fans walking through the casinos and the hotels, like to the arena. Like that's but, their walk exactly. to the arena. Like just yeah. walking through yeah, the, the casinos.
0: Yeah, Really, right on, right on the strip. Basically. Yeah, yeah, it's pretty cool. Yeah, you excited for an NBA team to go there eventually? Yeah, that's what I'm hoping for, right?
1: I mean that that'd be <laughs> that. I mean, we already get a week or two in Vegas for summer league, so that's pretty awesome. Um, but, yeah, I mean, it feels like inevitable, right, that the NBA is going to put a team there at some so point. I mean, I would think Seattle. Bases,
0: right, where you where you spend like three days in a city. That's what we need.
1: Yeah. Well, Seattle. I was going to say Seattle and Vegas are like the two cities where.
0: Yeah, it feels like whenever people. the league yeah. goes to 32, those will be the two next cities, right? And 32 feels like it will happen at some You know, it's happened in the NHL. Obviously, it's yeah. happened in the NFL a long time ago. Um, Feels like the NBA, 32 teams is, would make sense. Eventually.
1: Yeah, and baseball. Baseball too has to get. There. Yeah, I mean it's just it, it just seems like at some point in the next like I don't know ten years probably that there's going to be like all four major sports leagues are going to be there. Right, you would think, but I guess yeah. we'll see.
0: Yeah, go from from zero to to uh, to all four pretty quickly. That would not be a surprise. We'll we'll see with base. baseball. It doesn't seem like there is are eager to expand, but uh, NBA like and it's kind of funny that like NBA I feel like was the that was the first. Team that was talked about is potentially a Vegas team, right? Like, when was the All Star game there, like, just like 10 years ago or something like that? Yeah, I don't even know
1: it was that long ago, actually. Um, mm-hmm. I'm looking it up right now, if I hear me type. Um, oh, actually, 2007, so yeah, it was long Yeah, it was
0: like almost 15 years ago, almost. I feel like oh, when yes. that happened, everyone was like, the next step for them is to get a team here, and uh, we're still waiting, and the NHL. NHL was very smart, I think, to be the first ones there because Vegas, you know, it's not a hockey town. But the fact that they were the first pro sports team there turned it into a hockey town.
1: Yeah, for sure, and it helps that they're a good team, right?
0: Right, yeah, and they were good right away too. They went the they we went to the Stanley Cup Finals their first year.
1: Yeah, I'll, t- I'll take summer league though. Like I said, I'll take summer league. Go a, a yeah, week it's straight good. there. Okay,
0: you, you, you get a life. week. It's like you know, if you're covering NFL or NBA, there, it's yeah or NHL even. Um, you're in and out. You're in and out. Maybe maybe two nights um, if, if the schedule allows it. Yeah.
1: That, that's the hidden secret of covering the NBA. Well, I don't know how hidden it is, but, yeah, that you get, you get a week or two in the offseason in Vegas, which is pretty, pretty awesome.
0: Yeah. Um, all right, so because of my trip uh, out there to cover the Dolphins game, uh, I missed media day. I think I'm now – I've been at the Herald, like, for three media days, and I haven't covered any of them. Um, so – uh for whatever reason i guess because it's football season i'm busy during football season but um let's let's just what did i miss what was the biggest you know obviously i've read your stuff um but like what was kind of the the buzz there like what was kind of the the conversation the just the, the big overarching takeaway from uh media day with this new heat team
1: took a few notes i'm gonna go through my notes here okay um So bear with me. Um, Number one, everything going as scripted. Uh, P.J. Tucker called it the dog pound today, which I think he used that term (laughs) with the Bucks that they're a bunch of dogs. Um, Uh I tweeted that quote out. Buck fans were not too happy with that quote, um, as you would imagine. But he he called it the dog pound today just because of the amount of dogs they have on the roster, which is expected. Um, He said every second of the first practice was intense. Um, Jimmy Butler, you know, complimenting Kyle Spo, complimenting Kyle as like the, you know, prototypical quarterback point guard um, that could just kind of run the team for you without, without having the coach to really step in. Um, so as, as you would imagine, uh, that's kind of what, you know, what you were expected during the first day. Um, but as far as like storylines for media day, um, Victor Lodipo, you mentioned it. I mean, that was a big one. We hadn't spoken to him since the injury in March, since the surgery in May. Um, You know, it it was encouraging that he was there, for sure. You know, he was walking on his own. Um, Doesn't seem to be anywhere close to 100%. Um, No timetable yet for his return. Really, I kind of said, I just don't know. I can't give an answer to that. He says he's doing super, I think his quote was super light stuff right now. Um, So it seems like he's kind of a ways away. Which is not surprising because, like as we've said here on this podcast a few times, uh, you know, the expectation has been probably... You know, I, I know the report from ESPN that his surgeon was optimistic that he might be able to return, like, by November, like, to basketball activities. And I think that's, like, on the early end of that timetable. I, I, you know, I've heard, like, February, March, like, just to return to game action. Um, so we'll see. I mean, I, I'm not surprised that he's not that he's like not close to, to being back. I I think the expectation, um, really, since his surgery has been probably around the offset break. So I think that still holds. Um, Tyler Hero? Did get bigger, look bigger. Eric Boulter said he added ten plus pounds of muscle, um, which I don't know if that's possible. Is that possible, David? To add ten pounds of muscle? I'm not sure, uh, but he is he is stronger. Um, Jimmy has braids and a headband. Yep, you see that? Saw that. Yeah, he. Uh, I don't know if that's here to say, but he's trying to lose look. Um, so, and he was really pushing Big Face Coffee. He, yeah. In the in the middle of Kyle's press conference, he came in and just put a Big Face Coffee mug. In front of him,
0: just for like, Put a big face coffee in the arena or something like. It, 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 as far as like it exists right now, it's like a, a theoretical invention that sells mugs, I suppose.
1: <laughs> I he might be going to market. I don't know if he has already, but I heard it might be like he might be making like actual products. they might see in Publix one day.
0: Really, I don't know. Like big yeah. face coffee, like you could just Cold. get the like coffee beans or whatever. Yeah, that or like I don't know, like
1: selling like cold brew like in a jar you know yeah yeah in a jar. I, gonna I, make I know. see i don't know if he doesn't make like the cuban coffee espresso beans i don't know if i could really drink that i'm i'm, I'm big into coffee obviously as, as you know david but i'm pretty picky but like, like i only drink uh cuban coffee so um that might be a problem but maybe jimmy will, will go into that uh that, that brand of coffee, so we'll see. Um, uh, 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 let me see what's on my list. Uh, Bam on a bio said he's still working on, sh- you know, said he worked on shooting, which was encouraging. I don't think he really has, you know, we've talked to him a few times this offseason, um, but he really never had revealed kind of like how big of an emphasis he put on his outside shooting this off season. Um, And he said that was the one skill he really focused on. So for those fans who are really calling on Bam to shoot threes, uh, that's a positive. He says he expects to take more in-rhythm threes this season, which if you look at his most of his threes over his NBA career, they've been, like, with four, sh- four seconds or fewer in the shot clock. They've basically been, like, desperation heaves. And he's actually made a few of them. Um, so um, that's – I think we are going to – I don't think he's going to shoot two or three threes a game, but I wouldn't be surprised if, you know, we see one a game or something this season, uh, which will help, I think, open things up for him and others. Um, Duncan? As you would imagine, David's still, um, I want to say boring, but he's just a low-key guy. Like, we asked him what he's done with the money, you know, with the new contract, anything he's, like, treated himself to. He said nothing, just a vacation, which I feel like he probably took a vacation in other off-seasons. I don't know.
0: Yeah, maybe Um, maybe he got the 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 room at the king bed this year instead. Yeah,
1: the suite, maybe, with the the kitchen.
0: Yeah.
1: Yeah. <laughs> but that's he, up, just Duncan.
0: he upgraded to the uh, like the Marriott from the uh, from the uh, uh, Motel Six, yeah, season or something.
1: Big spending, yeah. That's just Duncan being Duncan, you know. Yeah. Um. Last few things. KZ said he shot five hundred threes a, a day this offseason, which you know, uh, you know, it's kind of what he needs to do to get playing time, right? He needs to make threes yeah. at a pretty solid clip. Um, because, you know, that that's what he need around a lot of their stars is just shooters. So, you know, we'll see. It's going to be an up about it for KZ, I think, this offseason just because, I mean, this season because, you know, they have Marquise and PJ. If those two guys are healthy, those are going to be the power forwards most likely. Um, So, you know, we'll see if KZ gets a shot, maybe one of those guys is hurt, or, you know, yeah. in a situation maybe if Spoke throws him in there, if he could really contribute or maybe – Try to find some minutes, you know, in, in the rotation because it is his final year, final year of his contract, and this is kind of a prove a year for him with the Heat. Mm-hmm. Um, PJ Tucker really excited to play with Bam. Both North Carolina guys. PJ said he's really never played with anybody like Bam before. Um, I asked them like, how about Giannis? You know, I mean, they're different players, but he's like, no, Bam is Bam is a center who could like is versatile like that, and um, that's that's unique. And he's he's really excited to kind of that front court tandem, what it's going to look like, just the versatility. And finally, I asked Kyle Lowry, um, you know, he's played with Demar Derozan, he's played with Kawhi yeah. Leonard, he's played with Freddie Van. V- like he's played with a, you know a couple quality All Star caliber perimeter players. Um, what makes you know what among those guys like is, is are any of them similar to Jimmy? And um, what makes Jimmy different than you know from those guys that he's he's played with in the past? And he said. You know, all the guys are similar because they're all really good, and you kind of have to like let them do what they do. But Jimmy's different because he's, um, he said, wait, I think his quote was, "Uh, how do I, you know, what's the right word? Uh, crazier." So, <laughs> so he's just like, I mean, he made a good point that Kawhi, um, Demar, quiet guys, yeah, know, they don't, they're guys. really, really quiet, and Jimmy wears emotions on his sleeve. Um, so. I thought that was a funny moment for me today. Those are my notes for me. Well, today.
0: and Kyle's also a uh, can be an emotional guy, right? So, uh, yeah, I th- I
1: thought so, but he said it, and even Jimmy said it today that Kyle's a like kind of like the like lightens the mood, like he just likes to I have can see fun
0: that too. Yeah,
1: but, but I do he's agree. Like in games, he's
0: still an emotion and stuff. Yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. Like in games, he's he's fiery, right? I mean, yeah, he. I, I agree with you. Like he, I think him and Jimmy will. Definitely feed off each other in, in that respect.
0: Yeah, there'll probably be uh, more than a few like screaming matches on the court that like aren't a big deal, but like like someone misses a defensive assignment, one of those two misses a defensive assignment, and the other guy's like yelling at the other guy because they're that they're kind of intense type of player, right?
1: Yeah, and it helps that they're they're close friends, so right, I don't exactly. think, you know it's not like
0: right, one guy's it's gonna be winning. like scandalous, but I'm saying right. like <laughs> it's gonna be fun to watch.
1: Yeah, yeah, no, I agree. It's I I see that happening, too. It's just funny how they've kind of, like, portrayed it as they're going to balance each other out, where, like, Kyle's going to rein Jimmy in.
0: I mean, maybe but they I, will, because, like, Jimmy on, like, the intensity scale of the NBA is, like, one of, like, the four or five most intense guys in the league, probably, right? Well, certainly of that stature. Um, yeah, so I anything so. compared to him is like...
1: Like him and Russell, maybe, right? Like those yeah, are, pretty
0: much, right? And so anything compared to him is, is uh, like, <laughs> balances it out, right? Lightens, lightens the news.
1: Yeah, no, that's true. Yeah, I, and Jimmy made a good point today, um, which, you know, it was interesting to hear him speak about this and kind of the impact Kyle's going to have on him. He, he said it's going to allow him to play off the ball, which is not, you know, I think we've talked about that. Like, Jimmy's going to play more off the ball this year. This college, you know, more yeah. of a national guard. Um, but he thinks it's going to lead to more points for, for for himself. Like, he thinks it's going to lead to more, he said, more buckets. Um, because he is, you know, he is a good cutter. Yeah. He is, you know, good in the post. He's good off, you know, in pick and rolls as well as a role Yeah, man. I mean,
0: the assist numbers will obviously come down. But with that, the, the scoring numbers should go up probably. Yeah. And yeah. the efficiency probably too.
1: Yeah, right, and he's a, already a pretty efficient guy, so yeah, um, that, that's really gonna help. I think it's gonna help preserve him too, like preserve his body too, like where he's not having to like his usage rate is probably gonna go down, and defensively he's not gonna have to guard like the best perimeter player every every game. Like, yeah, I think it's really gonna help kind of preserve Jimmy, um, for down the stretch and in the playoffs.
0: Yeah, I mean, it, it definitely felt last year like he never fully recovered from that from the finals, right? Like. Yeah. Obviously, he like I'm sure he did to it. Like, you know, I, I think we probably overrate just like how much like those like four games or whatever he had where he was like that marathon man type guy can affect you over an entire calendar year. But like, he went from doing that and then just with how like you know, obviously he missed time too and and had COVID right or, or missed time with because of COVID. Yeah. Um. So, like, just – it felt like he never got his footing, right? And, he, and then part of that – and it just felt like it it steamrolled from where this previous season ended, and, and obviously he's just not he, – whenever he was on the court, it felt like he was playing sort of that role he played from the finals the previous year. Um, Not the scoring, but just the having the ball in his hands way more than he did, I think, the regular season prior. I don't know what the numbers say, but it felt like he was – commanding the offense much more than he was in his first se- regular season in Miami. Um, and, you know, the offense is going to look totally different this year because of that.
1: Like yeah. You,
0: you go from having your best scorer being the guy with the ball in his hands 75% of the time to, I don't know, he's going to have it, you know, the, the heat, obviously like, it's not like Kyle Lowry's going to bring the ball up every time, you know, they're did the he bring, let everyone bring the ball up. You know, yeah. how many times did Bam bring the ball up per game? Like, Jimmy's going to bring it up a lot, but there's the majority of the time Kyle's going to have the ball and Jimmy's going to be scoring in different ways than he did last year. Which, um, you know, when you when you think of it that way, it's good for the team, obviously.
1: Yeah, I mean, look up at that playoff run. Um, Goron was in that role a lot, right? Where he right. was always probably playing his best basketball as, as a member of the Heat during that playoff run.
0: Yeah, that no, was and obviously the best the Heat played.
1: Yeah, and Goran, the offense
0: looked.
1: Yeah, and their offense looked great, obviously, not just because of Gore. I mean Jay Crowder was like shooting like forty something percent on threes and so was uh so was Duncan. But yeah, I mean it, you could just tell how much that helped Jimmy. And and Jimmy kind of played well in that role of there were games where he'd have like I, I don't remember I remember like a quiet first half and then in the fourth right, quarter like twenty well, points. Like
0: I feel like the yeah. the whole Bucks series was like that, right?
1: Yeah. Yeah, no, it was it was just a totally different team. Like last year it was I mean, we well, we've said it so many times, it was a weird season, right? But it, even though this roster was pretty much the same as, as the, as the bubble team, it was just a totally different offense. Like you said, um, it was so reliant on Jimmy. Um, and you saw it in the record, like when he was out, I mean, I think they were like seven and 13 when he missed games. And when he was in there, um, they were one of the best teams in the East. Um, yeah. so they were just really, really reliant on him. And he, he, he came through until, you know, the playoffs was a different story, but in the regular season, he was incredible. Um, arguably a top five player in the NBA last regular season when he was on the court. Um, but it, it just, yeah, th- this team needs more. They need more from other guys. Um, and I think that's why they added Kyle. Right. And, and also PJ and Marquise guys who have <laughs> Jimmy made the point. They've, they've won recently. They, those three guys, Kyle, Jimmy, I mean, Kyle, Marquise and PJ have each el- eliminated uh, Jimmy in the last three seasons from the playoffs.
0: Sure. It's kind of crazy.
1: Like it, Kyle, the, you know, when Jimmy was with the Sixers, and then Markeith in the finals with the Lakers, and TJ last year with the Bucks. Um, they're winners. They've, performed, they've won at the highest level, which I know is cliche, but it does matter. Um, and, you know, they, they fit with this, what the Heat want to do, you know, offensively and defensively. So I, I think that's really going to help not only Jimmy, but Bam as well.
0: Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to stay for it? We mentioned it earlier, but uh as we said this team really does suddenly feel like it's really flying under the radar um obviously uh media days around the league were on Monday so a lot of topics out there and you know uh the vaccine was was a big obviously uh, topic of conversation on monday and and some of the players with uh you know some uh some strange strange quotes on their decision um to not get the vaccine. Um, Obviously you got Ben Simmons still out there and that's probably the single biggest story in the NBA right now. Um, Just what's going to happen to him. Um, You know, obviously the Bucks are defending champions. So they get some of the, the intrigue. The Nets feel like they're going to be the, they're obviously also in that vaccine conversation with Kyle, uh, with Kyrie Irving, not getting vaccinated and, and not attending media day because of it. Um, so it feels like they're going to be the, the team that dominates conversation. Obviously, we've always got LeBron and the Lakers. Um, and the Heat, as we said, really feel like they're flying under the radar right now. But I think, as we both agree, they they probably like it that way.
1: Yeah. And, I mean, you know, this team did get swept in the first round of playoffs right. last year, right? But it, it is, it's, it's somewhat surprising because, like we said, like they added Kyle Lowry, who was an All-Star – he's made the All-Star game six out of the last seven seasons, and – you know, you would think Jimmy and Bam probably will have a strong case for the All-Star game this season if they play up to, the, you know, their their capabilities. Um, so, I mean, it's not, it's not crazy to say that he might have three All-Stars this season, um, if we look at it that way. And it does really feel like they're flying under the radar. Um, I think part of that is they don't have – I mean, while they have arguably three All-Stars on the roster, um, they don't have, like, a premier, like yeah. – NBA superstar, right? Whatever, however you define that, like the LeBron James, Giannis, Kawhi, Kevin Durant, like this, the faces of the NBA. Like he doesn't have that. Um, and and then beside that, I mean, they just have a bunch of really solid players. Like Marquise and PJ, they're really good additions. They should really help this team. But you know who they are, right? I mean, they're veterans. Um, they're not super flashy. They're just other than PJ shoes. Um, they're just uh, they're just solid players who are going to fit the Heat scheme. So uh, it's surprising, but then when you really look at the roster and kind of what's getting the headlines right now, um, I guess it really shouldn't be too surprising.
0: Yeah, to me this is about uh, a couple of things. One, the I mean, you mentioned the sweep. And not just the sweep, but the way Jimmy Butler went out. Um, you know, I think if we were having this – you mentioned not having a premier all-star. I think if we were having this conversation last preseason – I don't know if you know Jimmy's still not LeBron or Damian Lillard or Steph like you know that that upper upper top tier. But I think there was kind of a consensus view that he was I don't know a top fifteen player in the league, maybe you know borderline top ten. And and that that is I still think he's, I still right.
1: think he is though, right, David? Don't you? I mean, yeah, like probably top fifteen
0: about t- top fifteen. But I think there was probably a more more of a thought that he was maybe top ten. Um, yeah. coming off the finals, obviously. Uh, so I think just most people's estimation of him has dropped over the last year, literally a year, because we're a year with, a year out from the finals. Um, and then I, I just, you know, you mentioned Kyle Lowry and the potential that he's an all-star. I, I think the assumption, and, and I'm sort of in agreement here, is that his all-star days are kind of over, right? Like, he can still be the third best guy on a really good team and, you know, maybe get into an all-star game as, like, an injury replacement. But – I think when you talk about third stars, he's not like a, you know, like you said, he has a chance to be an all-star. He's probably still a top, I don't know, 35, 40 guy in the league, but he's not, you know, the top 25 type, like, all-star lock that I I think uh, he was. Probably even, again, like if you were coming off last season, like you said, he was an all-star, I think, two years ago. Um, I I just think that the fact that those two guys were, even though Bam is – arguably, you know, it's definitely the second best player in this team. And, you, you know, there are probably some people who make a case that he's the best player. Um, Jimmy and, and Kyle are, are still, they're, they're kind of the faces of the team. And I think there's kind of an assumption out there that these guys are on, on the downswing. Um, and I think in in Kyle's case, that's obviously true. The question is how far on that downswing is he? And was last year an outlier with how strange it was? And can he, you know, kind of have that bounce back type season? Um, but I think that kind of fuels the expectations around the team and again like I think Jimmy and, and Kyle probably like that. They got a lot to prove, obviously, but um yeah you know, I think I think that's probably what what fuels into this. And then the fact that I think if you list out their roster and you see like Max Struce in their rotation, people are like if you go really in depth you're like, what the heck is happening in Miami?
1: Yeah. No that's that's all true. Those are all good points. Um I, I think another reason is just they're really there are questions with this team, right? Like, obviously, like, the you know, the, the every year, every preseason, you know, all the preseason questions that you get, but there really aren't that many, like, real questions with this no. roster. I like, mean, if you think just, of the other teams that are, like, in is. their tier yeah. in
0: the East, you've got the Celtics, who are, you know, who are a mess by the end yeah. of last year. Um, So that's, like, one storyline. Another storyline is that Jason Tatum is still, like, I think people are in the, under the assumption he's going to get into that, like, top ten mix in the next year or two, basically. Um, So you got that. I think there's, like, an expectation that he's going to take a leap. You you look at the Hawks, obviously, they're kind of the trendy young team and and deserve to be, based on what they did last year. Uh, You got the Knicks who are boring, but they're the Knicks, so, like, um, they're they're kind of similar to the Heat to me. No, I don't think they're as good as the Heat, but, like, when you talk about, like, the storylines there, it's like you kind of know what you're getting with them. Um, And then, obviously, the Sixers, who are – like I said, probably the biggest story in the league right now. Yeah. Yeah. I think are just, they're just. The, they're kind of like, you know, you, like you said, you, you kind of know what you're going to get from them, I think.
1: And even like the rotation, like we've talked about, I think we talked about this last week, like you just kind of know what it's going to look like. You already, other than just like preparing for the season and getting used to each other, like you can just start the season tomorrow if you want, if you want to with the Heat. Like they, they kind of know what the rotation going to look like. The top eight is pretty clear. Um, I guess the ninth guy is to be determined, but. Um, I mean, yeah, I mean, like, there's no, like, is this person going to start, you know, who's going to be the sixth man? Who's going to start next to Bam? Like, you, you just kind of know those, the answers to those questions. So I, I think that plays a big role. All
0: right, Uh, right. Let's wrap up. You, you have a, as a last note on our outline here, Uh, why the back end of this heat roster uh, could dictate how far this team goes. Um, What, what interests you about that topic? And, and what, what, why do you feel like that is the, uh, the group that really determines this this team's ceiling. Yeah, well,
1: and this is until Victor Oladipo returns. If he returns, right. which is the expectation, right, because he'll be he would be the ninth guy in the rotation. Yeah. Um, but if you know until that happens, they do need a couple of the other guys, other than the top eight, um, to really step up and give them quality minutes. Whether it's Max Drews and Gabe Vincent, which I think are the you know, probably the top two candidates at this point to, to do that. Um, but you know we, my bold prediction last week was uh, Omer Omer seven yeah. kind of stepping in and, and giving them minutes. So I think those guys are really gonna, you know, the, this is an older team. Um, there's injury history there with some of these guys. Uh, I'm sure there'll be quote unquote load management at some point this season. Like they're gonna need some of these guys to really step in and and surprise us, I think, or or take a take a leap um, from last season. Um, because, I, you know, I just – depth is a question with this roster. Um, and it's because past the top eight, you just don't know what you're going to get. So I, I think that's that's probably the biggest question surrounding this team entering the season. We just talked about, like, how there really aren't that many questions. The, probably the biggest question is, what are you getting past the top eight? Because that we really just don't know yet.
0: Yeah, I, th- I think that's fair. Um, to me, I think it – obviously it, – it, it's the kind of thing that feels like it's going to matter a lot more in the regular season, right? They yes. Wow. which is like kind of interesting, like um, obviously the regular season matters a lot, especially because it seems like there's going to be this, this like clutter of what, the, like the, the teams I mentioned, right? The Sixers, the Hawks, the Knicks, the Heat, and the, the Celtics basically kind of, well, obviously one of those teams will, will get stuck in the play in, assuming that is the three through seven. Um, so it will matter. And then obviously at the same time, you uh i think really want to get into that um you know obviously like home field and all that matters but uh we'll see where where you, you know the Nets and and bucks could determine like where basically the uh the most favorable spots to get into in the playoffs are but yeah once we get to the playoffs obviously one as you mentioned Victor Oladipo will will kind of determine that but um yeah i mean i think this heat team like is it, has, there's a danger right where this team is just going to get killed in the bench minutes potentially right because you know we like a lot of those guys i think we like Struess, we like Yurtsev obviously um but you know they're and and Tyler Hero will go a long way to potentially uh steadying those bench minutes and and you're you're kind of it's you're definitely in better shape now that you have both Kyle and Jimmy as guys who can really run an offense, and you probably split their minutes up a lot. Yeah, I was
1: going to say them. Um,
0: but, yeah, I mean, there there is a chance where, when you look at the teams that are in, in their class, they're, they have the most unproven, probably, back end of the roster of anyone.
1: Yeah, and, and you know, Zach Lowe, I think it was a couple weeks ago on the Low Post podcast, um, was saying how he's lower than consensus on um, this Heat team just because of those depth yeah. issues. So, um, and he, he mentioned, he mentioned like in the regular season, like we just said, he thinks it could impact them and he, he wouldn't be surprised if he finished like six in the East because of it. Um, but he thought in the playoffs, you know, it'd be different just because, you know, they do have, they are top heavy with their, with their talent. Um, so I, I agree, you know, if, if there are injuries to, you know, one or multiple key players and, you know, none of these guys in the back end really step up. Like, this team really could finish six in the East. and, and Yeah,
0: and, and that's a danger when you, yeah. you talk about the top two guys or two of the top three guys on this team are, you know, like in their 30s. And, you know, I, I, don't, I mean, I don't want to say they have injury concerns because – right. You don't know how much, like, you know, Jimmy's obviously missed a lot of time in the last two years, but a lot of that is, you know, kind of load management. And yeah, management no major injuries. Yeah, no
1: major injuries. And, and same for Kyle, too. Really no major, major injuries recently.
0: Right. Yeah. Um, but, again, they're they're getting up there. And, uh, you know, if one of them misses time, then uh, that depth gets exposed a lot more. Uh, Victor Oladipo, as, as we've said a couple times, is the guy who can maybe steady things whenever he gets back. But again, he's, he's a math. I mean, he's as big a question mark as anyone in the league, basically.
1: Yeah, definitely. Um, Yeah. I mean, I, like, like I said, I think depth is the biggest, like, if you want to point to like some type of possible flaw with this roster, it's the depth. Um, And, you know, it is the biggest question surrounding this roster. Like what, how will that impact the way Eric Spolstra, you know, ha- you know, handles the minutes of, Sam, Jimmy, and Kyle, will he play them more minutes because of it? Will he, will he not, like, will that not matter to him? And he'll, you know, stick to a program where he tries to, you know, keep them rested throughout the season. Like, it's going to be interesting to see how the coaching staff kind of navigates all that, you know, during the regular season, considering just, you know, how many question marks there are past, like, the top eight, top nine guys on the, on the team.
0: You know, we started this episode by talking about how kind of uninteresting and kind of uh, I think you know what you get with the C team. But the more we talked about it, I've, I've kind of talked <laughs> myself into, like, I'm, I'm really excited to see what they're going to look like opening night.
1: Yeah, I mean, but the thing is the question marks are like with uh, I know. these guys that, you know, most of the country don't really, don't really know like too like much them. about. Yeah. Um, but, yes, I, I, I'm interested to see kind of, yeah, who among the, that group of like six, seven players really – Impresses us, right? There, there's going to be probably at least one or two that you know maybe they don't make. They can't. They can't make up for losing Jimmy to an injury for two weeks, but maybe they do impress us. And and you know we're going to see who it is. Will it be Marcus Garrett? You know with his defense. Will it be Caleb Martin with his NBA experience as a two-way contract player? Yurt Seven, which is you know again my bold prediction. Um, Max Schroes and, and Gabe Vincent. We've talked about a lot. I mean those are probably the top two guys who are in line for minutes, you know, at the back end of the rotation to start the season.
0: All right. um, I think we can basically wrap things up there. Uh, You got anything else? Anything uh, you got your eye on this week in the the first week of training camp?
1: No, I mean, you know, it's it's an interesting training camp because there are a lot of new faces, 10 new guys, um, but there are a lot of experienced guys. um, So, uh, you know, I want to see the you know, the first preseason game is Monday, but the next time we talk, we'll have one preseason game go right. under our belt, and we'll maybe know a little bit more. And it's only one, you know, the preseason opener. Yeah, um, but I'm really interested to why. Yeah, I'm really interested just to see the just kind of see how it all looks on the mm-hmm. court on Monday. So um, that's really what I'm looking forward to.
0: Yeah, the Lowry the Jimmy combo is. Um, yeah, you know, we don't we don't know what that's going to look like, and that that will basically define how good this all. that. And the, just the, the shoot like the streakiness of shooting, right? Whether Duncan yeah. and Tyler and all those guys um get their numbers back up to where they were two year toward where they were two years ago. Those are the two things that, that will basically define how good this offense is.
1: Or if Bam like all of a sudden turns into like yeah. Jokic and makes four threes a game. That that could make a difference as well. That's it.
0: Yeah.
1: <laughs> there's there's a you know what, now that I'm thinking about it, this is kind of an interesting team. There's a huge variance with this roster. There
0: is, yeah. I think there is. I mean, again, I don't, like, we're talking huge variance, but again, like, I'd be shocked if they finish worse than seventh, and I'd be shocked if they finish higher than third in these, but, um, I think there's a, um, there's, I feel like one of these teams from this three to seven pack, well, one, something will probably go wrong with one of them, right? Like, that just kind of inevitably injuries or something weird, um, but then I, I bet one of those teams from that pack also, I don't want to say they'll, they'll vault into the tier of um, the Nets and the Bucks because I think come playoff time, if both those teams are healthy, I, I don't necessarily think anyone in the East can really match up with them. Um, but I, someone, at least in the regular season, will vault into that, will be contending for a top two seed. Yeah, oh, kind of the way the, the Sixers, what they were the one seed last year, right? Like, right. I don't think anyone thought they were the best team going into the playoffs, but someone from this three to seven mix, um, will, will have a really good regular season, I bet. And I think that's the that's what that's the Heat's goal essentially, right? If you do that, um, then you're in in good position where, you know, maybe you avoid the. Maybe maybe you get the one seed, right? And you avoid those teams until the finals and and something weird happens. So I I think the Heat have as good a chance as anyone from that group, I think, to take that that jump up. As long as the Sixers remain in turmoil. You know, if they trade Ben Simmons for something, you know, the Joel Embiid combination with star player X uh, probably makes them the the most clear cut. Again, they were the one seed last year. Um, but, But I think the Heat, you know, there's... There's reasons to think they could do that, but at the same time, then, like we said, that you could see them finish as low as six or 7th, and that wouldn't be surprised either.
1: Yeah, you want, you want them to be the popular upset pick going into the playoffs, right? Yeah, like, exactly. Yeah. And yeah. it does seem like they do have the best chance of, of being that if they're healthy, just because of their, you know, the, the trio of Lowry, Butler, and Bam, and kind of how they might be able to give teams trouble, especially, like, teams like Brooklyn, was.
0: Yeah, goals, it, it, it seems with, like the Heat, the Celtics, the Sixers, like, yeah. I know I talked about all those teams as being kind of one-tier but uh, those are still, I think, the three that are the easiest to trust from that group. Totally Even right. though those were kind of the three most chaotic teams last year from that group, right? The the Well, I guess the Hawks, because they fired their coach 20 games into the season or whatever. But after that, they were pretty stable. And obviously the Knicks, the whole reason they finished fourth in the East was like they were the most stable team in the league, essentially.
1: Yeah, and most consistent and just, yeah.
0: Um, but but so, I think everyone's views. And rightly so, I think the, the Heat, the Sixers, and the Celtics probably is having the highest ceiling of the group, unless Trey Young takes a massive jump. Right.
1: Yeah, I, I think we just convinced ourselves that the Heat are like the most exciting team.
0: Namely. Yeah, we're we're in.
1: <laughs> forty minutes later.
0: <laughs> I know. Really, like it took us forty minutes to get there, but I'm there. I'm there. I'm pumped for the I'm pumped for the preseason.
1: Only a few days away, Monday.
0: Yeah. Yeah. All right. Um, we can wrap things up there. Uh, You can follow Anthony on Twitter at Anthony underscore Chang. Check out his Q&A with Bam at a bio that he uh, had coming into training camp and obviously all of his training camp coverage from the first few days here. Uh, You can follow me on Twitter at DBWilson2. I'll hopefully be be doing some heat stuff in the coming days or whatever, mostly football right now, Um, high schools, college, NFL, lots of stuff going on. Um, So thanks, as always, for listening, everyone, and we will uh, talk to you next week.